Hi guys, welcome back to the Between Takes podcast. This week we have my friend Olivia Liang, who worked on Blumhouse's Crawlers with me, and whose career has taken off ever since. She is super intelligent. She's got great head on her shoulders. She worked four jobs before she got her first big thing, and then kept a job after the fact. And she's just She's great. It's a really good episode. So be sure to like and subscribe on the Himalaya app and check out the YouTube channel Between Takes Podcast. Olivia. Yes. Welcome to the Between Takes Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Nice to see your face. It's nice to see your face too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sad you're about to leave for like the next seven years of your life, but I'm glad that we get to talk to you before you go. We'll talk again. Yeah. I, I'll make time for the Between Takes podcast. <laughs> the second episode? We've already locked yeah. down a second episode? <laughs> um, so Liv, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast or if you've listened to all the episodes. I've listened to all of them because um, I did my homework and I didn't want any surprises, any funny business going on when I came on here. <laughs> I, just, I was really nervous, okay, and I wanted to prepare myself <laughs> You're incredible. Yeah, you're the best. So yeah, I just listened to all of them. I just listened to the. Uh, 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 well, you didn't. I'm, listen I'm blanking on his name right now. Greg Sulkin. Yeah. Greg Sulkin. Yeah. He's just listened to that. That one was a great episode. It was very inspiring. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing here. Well, thank, thank you. you. Um, I think where where we should start is where I met you was on set which is the coolest thing ever. And you and I have had an incredible relationship since after set and we had a great time shooting. But the one thing that was so incredible was when I met you, you like your life, your life changed when I came into it. I'm not saying it's because of me, but when I came into it, your entire life shifted in a way that was truly one of the biggest shifts I've ever seen in my entire life or, or witnessed. So I do feel like you can maybe take like 25% credit for my life changing. Um, because it really, like when we met on set, I was still working four jobs. Um, and then maybe like two days before I got legacies, you were like, Olivia, I think you're, I think you're going to blow up. I'm not, I've not blown up. Uh, but, uh, things have changed for sure. Like I'm not working four jobs anymore. Set for uh, a Blumhouse, Little Diddy. You were hilarious. Um, When I walked in that day to the table read, I was so nervous because that was my first table read. And I was like, I've heard of people getting fired at the table read. So I was like prepared to get fired. Um, And we started reading the script and everyone was being very like chill and mellow about it. And then Cam comes in like full volume screaming. And I was like, okay, he's giving me permission to like go full out at this table read <laughs> because he <laughs> made a fool of himself. <laughs> also, I also came with a mindset of I could get fired too. So I was like, maybe I should just go big and, and take a big swing. Yeah. He um, was very blonde at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was getting his like leg bitten into. So he was screaming at the table read. It was awesome. And then I get to set and uh, he had been in his underwear all day. Uh, that was, that was my day one. Um, it, it ripped. <laughs> what, um, what four jobs were you working before? 
Um, I was doing the classic barista job, uh, pouring lattes for USC students at a cafe at USC. Um, I was a substitute teacher, which was crazy because I look 18 and they were very confused every time they walked into the classroom and saw me. Um, I was working at a cycle house at the front desk, uh, just checking people in for their spin class. And, um, and then I was acting. So it was, uh, it was a lot. It's awesome. But yeah. I, I remember when you got the movie and you were debating whether or not you were going to go back to the coffee shop ever again. And you had that moment of like, man, I think I actually have to quit my job. Yeah. Um, I'm still on uh, the schedule because I told them, <laughs> I told them I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to get a season two. I could, I could have to pour a few more lattes in the next couple of years. So I was like, please keep me on payroll because things can change at any moment. That's awesome that you have that mindset with it, that mentality. Because a lot of people, as soon as they get their very first thing, they leave all of that behind and then they can kind of get in a bad situation when no more work comes. Yeah. Because they, they completely throw away that mindset and it's, it's refreshing to hear that you kept that. Yeah. I, I feel like because it took a while to uh, get anything, it, it changed my mindset from the beginning because when I first started, I was like, I'm going to audition every day. Um, I'm going to be so busy. And then a year in, I was like, interesting, my phone is not ringing. <laughs> no one <laughs> wants to hire me. So I was like, all right, we got to get a mindset shift. Um, it's not easy out here and anything can happen, good or bad, at any moment. Yeah. And you see a lot of working actors still working, you know, typical uh, everyday jobs like out yeah. here. That's a very common thing. Um, yeah. The hustle uh, doesn't end. Like yeah. you guys, I'm amazed that you guys were just like, well, we're in a pandemic. Let me start a podcast. Yeah. And then you did. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy uh, Dylan Sprouse was working his entire life. And when he went to New York to go to college, he got a job at a coffee shop. And I, I love I that. Always have loved that so much. I think that's so important to to not get you know let your ego get too big. Yeah, it helps you stay grounded. Everyone should work in food service at some point. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Horror stories for days. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tell I want. I want to hear one. What's your worst horror story at that job? I mean, I don't want to throw the USC kids under the bus. Like Cam. But <laughs> goodness gracious, like you come in, you don't even look me in the eye when you're ordering. You're on your phone. You have your Gucci slides on. <laughs> and I'm just like, can you just treat me like like a human being? Um, and if I, if I can't do something for them, it's just, it's the end of their world. So... Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of weird encounters. One time I put a drink down on the counter for someone. And as I was like pushing it forward, he had laid his whole body down and started drinking out of the cup as I was pushing it. And I was just in such shock that my hand was just so close to his face that we just stayed like that for a few <laughs> seconds. And I was like, okay, enjoy. <laughs> that probably... So that probably got you very, um, 
I guess, well prepared for some bad casting offices. Oh, yeah. Where they don't look you in the eye and they're on their phone and they're not treating you like a human. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every. Yeah, I, I, I saw everything as something that I can hopefully take into the work. Sure. So when I was being a substitute teacher, I was like, OK, I have to kind of public speak in front of 30 18 year olds and 18 year olds are really scary. And so this is this is some practice for if I have to test in front of some studio network people. Um, and yeah, it really did prepare me because uh, teenagers are vicious. Also, the shows that you've been doing that have been super successful are for that age group now. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I'm going to go back to substitute che- teaching. Um, <laughs> I got a DM that said, yo, you my sub. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, then I went on YouTube and I, there was like a, I did this, this thing with, with some friends and then can I cuss on here? Yeah. yeah. You said okay. You well, there was a comment. The top comment was bro. That's my fucking sub. And I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> this is oh, horrifying. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. What made you, what made you want to substitute? How'd you get into that? Um, I had a friend who was, pursuing a different um, end of, of the entertainment business. And he said that subbing was a great um, way to make money. It, and it really is. It's great money. So any actors out there who have a four-year college degree and want uh, a very build-your-own schedule, um, I highly recommend subbing if you can handle the children. But um, yeah, you just take one test. It's like an SAT almost. Um, you get a certificate and then you get to start working and you make like $200 a day and you can pick up a job day of. So if you know, you're not going to have an audition that day, you can just pick up a sub job and make some money. Um, Awesome. Can you sub at one place or can you just choose where you're going to sub that day? You can choose uh, depending on which jobs are available. So I always try to stick with middle and high school because I did one elementary school class and you have to teach and I don't have the gift of teaching. Um, I was so afraid that I would ruin their whole lives if they didn't learn multiplication from me correctly that day. I was like, you're not going to college now because I taught you, I didn't teach you fractions <laughs> correctly. Um, so I, I stick with middle and high school because I mean, you remember those, those subs in high school, they put on a video and then they're like, take notes and that's all you have to do. So it gave me freedom to like use the teacher's printer and print out some audition sides. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's Cause I didn't have I a printer. See, if I, if I would have done the sub route, I probably would have uh, turned my class into like school of rock, like Ned Schneebly. I just yes. would have had a blast with like, here, take this instrument here, sing this, let's play this and just thrown out all the schoolwork. Yeah. You honestly could, you can wow. truly have free reign. I'll still do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good money. If you want to just kind of, it's also a great social experiment to see these kids in their environment. Kids are so grown up these days. These 13 year olds look older than me. That's crazy. Right, that'd be really funny. Yeah. I'd have a class on like fantasy football. I'd have a mock draft. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Be drafting. <laughs> I would just be like, look, kids, none of this real work matters. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's exactly. Have- one time one kid was like, so geometry, like why? And I was like, honestly, you're never going to use it. I, yeah. I've never used the Pythagorean theorem. No. Have you? 
No. <laughs> Cam does. Exist. Yeah, Cam uses it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daily basis, I use the Pythagorean yeah. theorem. <laughs> I spoke to my little sister the other day. She's She just started school again, and she's in middle school. And it's so it's so strange how they're like, they can go to school if they want where she, she's in Arkansas or mm-hmm. they can stay home online. Like it's such a strange, yeah. like it's a world that I never had to live in where I was in school every day. And I yeah. told her, I was like, I would never go. Like, why are, like, I would just only do my work at home, but she's so, she loves being at school. So she's there every day. And there's like 50 kids at school right now when there's usually like, you know, two or 300. Oh my God. Yeah, I was just thinking it must be so crazy to be a student right now and to have just a groundbreaking and also very life-changing experience. Like, will school ever be the same? Yeah. It's an, it's insane. I'm, I'm glad uh, we're out of that so we don't yep. have to think about it. Yep. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of school, how did you, how did you get into acting? How did you, where'd you grow up? In a suburb called Diamond Bar. Um, we're close to Disneyland, uh, 30 minutes to LA on a good day without traffic. Um, Snoop Dogg lived there for a second, which is really the only cool thing about that place. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I always wanted to be an actor. Um, I was such a Disney channel kid, um, only watched the Disney channel. So you saying Dylan Sprouse, I'm like, you mean Zach? <laughs> yes, I know him. <laughs> but um yeah, I would just I would watch and I'm I'm like these kids are having so much fun that looks like something I want to do and I would tell my mom about it and she would say no uh if the podcasters don't I'm Asian um and that's just not something we do. Uh, I had a tiger mom who wanted me to be a genius. Um like I was taking abacus lessons which is um an ancient calculator made of beads. Why? Because she thought that that was useful. Um, But yeah, I would tell my mom, like, I think I want to do this. And growing up in Southern California, you hear uh, radio ads. Does your child want to be on Hannah Montana? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I really do. Please take me to this this open call. And she's like, your chances are zero. Because at the time, they probably were. I mean, we we didn't see a lot of Asian faces. Like Brenda Song was my girl. Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. I had that bug in me, but it, it, it kept getting shut down by just, I guess, cultural standards and expectations. And my mom wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer, which is the three big three for Asians. Um, and then she eventually did put me in dance, and that's kind of where the performance uh, outlet went. Um, and so I, I dove into that for many years. And then my senior year of high school, I had a friend of a friend who was working at a talent agency in LA and he was like, we're looking for people, Asians. And I was like, me. Um, So I went in for a meeting and then they signed me. um, And which like very, very lucky for that. Um, And they started sending me on commercial auditions where, you know, you have to improv in those. And I was like, whoa, I'm expressing myself with my words now. It's different from dance. And this is what I've always wanted to do. So I was like, mom, I'm not going to college. I'm going to be an actor. And she said verbatim over my dead body. And I was like, copy that. I will be going to college. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I went to college um, and spent the first three years um, at UCSD trying to figure out something that wasn't acting. Um, so I studied communications and I was doing marketing internships, PR internship, um, radio, uh, broadcasting, journalism. I was doing everything that I thought was kind of in the same world as acting, but wasn't actually it. And I was miserable and I wanted to drop out. I was seeing some of my friends start to pursue their dreams. And I was like, that's what I want to be doing. So finally, um, my junior year of college, I sat my mom down. And I said, I've done what you've wanted me to do for my whole life. And now I need you to let me try this because I really want to do it. And I need you to also trust that I have enough self-awareness to know if it's not going to work out for me and if I should go towards something else. And I'm going to have my college degree to fall back on. I, th- I hope that makes you happy, but like, you need to let me do this. Otherwise I'm going to wonder what if forever. So senior year of college, I took theater classes all year and I was like, Oh my God, I'm home. This is it. This feels so good. So graduated and I was like, I'm going to be an actor now. Here we go. And then again, uh, year one, no, no phone calls, nobody, uh, cared. No, no work. (laughs) So then I was like, Oh, maybe I should learn how to act. Um, so then I put myself in classes and yeah, but my mom didn't up until maybe eight months ago, my mom was still asking if I wanted to go to law school and I had already like booked a couple of things and I was like, I no, thank you. (laughs) I think I'm going to see where this goes. Um, but yeah, now she's supportive. I think one of the coolest things that I've seen you do is keep your journal of all the auditions and commercial auditions that you go in on, on a yearly basis and write them down. So you can, you like check your progress every single year to see where you are. Yeah. So like you saw, um, 2018, I had one callback like the whole year out of almost a hundred auditions. Um, so I clearly, I wasn't doing something right. And we all know that there's like a way to audition um, and I just wasn't getting it. And then 2019 was when it was like almost every audition I went in for, I would get a call back and then it would go to the next stage. And I was like, okay, something's changing. And honestly, I think what changed for me was um, a mindset. Um, I was so down on myself in the beginning when I wouldn't hear anything back from something. And my happiness was so tied to booking something. So if I booked something, I was over the moon. And if I didn't, then I would go into like a depression. And at the beginning of 2019, I decided I'm not going to let this job make me happy or sad. It's just a job. Like I need to find a fulfilled life outside of acting because if I'm relying on booking something to make me happy, I'm going to be miserable for a very long time. And a lot of times because we often, we don't book mostly. So yeah, that was a a big mindset shift. And then I feel like that's when things started opening up when I wasn't like sending out that desperate energy of like, I need this job because it will make me happy. And then I will also be able to pay my rent. So this is one of the few industries that doesn't necessarily reward you for working hard. Um, Cause there are tons, I mean, how many people move here to do this and never get anywhere. Um, 
and they're, they're working just as hard as we are. They're working maybe seven jobs and they're in class and they're going on auditions, but it's just timing and luck, honestly. So I, I think recognizing that makes me just feel so lucky for everything. And I think that's what also makes me keep my side hustle coffee barista job. Cause I'm like, it, yeah, again, anything can happen. It's a, it's a super tough industry, but the harder you work, it does, you do increase your chances. You know, it totally. doesn't happen for everyone, but if you, you know, a lot of people don't want to put in the really hard work because they see people that put in hard work and, and then not get anything, but you're, you're hurting your chances by not doing the hard work. It's, it's yes. gonna, you're then really just hoping for a, a real streak of luck. But, yeah. you know, when you work as hard as you did, that's that, you know, yeah. I, I believe it pays off in some way. Yeah. Well, I was listening again to your guys's episodes because, um, I'm a fan you're a and your, and your story is crazy. Like no one worked harder than the guy who, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that, but who was living in his car. That's crazy. <laughs> like I, I, I had the luxury of like, my mom was still a 45 minute drive away. So if I really couldn't pay rent, I could move home. But like, I admire people who pick up their whole lives and move here and have nothing and yeah. just, grind so and and it was it was really hard being that far away from my family and being alone essentially but I think a big part of it too that I don't think I talked about in that episode was I never I wasn't um how do I put this I never really viewed anything as permanent even friends that I had in Arkansas it all kind of seemed like um you know, someday I, I won't have them. And some I still am friends with, but I just had this very fluid mentality that things change and I didn't get stuck and obsessed with something. So moving away, you know, from my town, the hardest part was my family. But, you know, when I got out here, I, I don't know, there was just something to the fact that everything changes and you just have to, you just have to grind. You just have to be, you have to work as hard as you possibly can. And, and put your best foot forward or it's really, really, really difficult. It already is really difficult, but if you just, you know, if, if you really put in that, the grit of things, I, I think you can help your chances a lot. Yeah. How did um, you guys find community um, with people? Uh, a big thing with my, when I was moving here, my mom was, um, really advocating I found a, a church. So that was something that I, I started going to a bunch of different churches and yeah. met some really good people that way. Um, and also I, I knew one person when I moved out here and they, they're a really good person and they had a lot of really good friends that I then, you know, connected with through them. But yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, I come from the uh, the Bible Belt. I come from a very religious area of the country where church is a very common thing. And when I came out here, it was it wasn't like that. There yeah. are a lot of different types of churches and communities, but it wasn't as easy as it is in the South. And um, so finding it was a little difficult at first. But I think there are some wonderful people in those communities, and that's regardless of what your religious preferences or beliefs are, I think it's good to get into a safe space where people are happy to meet. And yes. for the most part, 
Um, and that was a, that was a big thing for me. And then acting class, acting class yeah. was, I met a lot of like-minded people and we sort of formed this little community that we then built each other up and we had little shorts that we were shooting and we would include each other and we would write things together. And I think that was massive was finding a, a acting community. Yeah. I, I, I relate on so many levels. I, all of my friends, my closest friends are not, um, actors or in the industry at all. They, um, are from church or from college. And once I, and I, and I would feel alone in my journey as an actor because none of them really understood, um, what I was going through and how hard it is to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and keep getting rejected and what that kind of rejection constantly does to your soul and your mind. And, um, so once I got myself into an acting class, I was around people who were all striving for the same thing. And that, that in itself inspired me seeing them go after it helped me want to do it even harder for myself. So yeah, I, I think I love acting class. I'm still in acting class. Yeah, it's, it's on Zoom. I think it's a real, it's a really, really, really beneficial thing for any actor. Yeah. And it's just nice to even have conversations with people that are going through the same things you're going through and that you can talk about horrible auditions with because we all have them. And oh, there's yeah. sort of, there's sort of that comfort in the misery of things when it's a difficult kind of scary, weird thing that doesn't have a blueprint, you know, yeah. everyone literally has a different path of how they got to where they are. And it's so intriguing to hear how other people did things and then take little bits and maybe apply it to your journey. Yeah, I agree. Hey guys. Oh, hey Cam. (laughs) Cam, how'd you find friends out here? (laughs) Well, you're from here. I still haven't found friends. I'm still looking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think it was, I have a much different experience than you guys. A lot of, my friends have come from sets that I've been on since I was a kid. I mean, you know, I, I would be just attracted to certain people on sets and some of those relationships have lasted a really, really long time. Um, and I'd say I've had different groups of friends. I mean, I have friends from high school that have, like you guys have your friends like that, but most of the people in the acting space are either people that I've met on a set on something I've either worked on or that my dad's been a part of that I visited and just connected with that person. Um, like Sam Hart, my roommate, I met, uh-huh. I was a, uh, I was a stand in on one of my dad's movies for two months and I didn't know anybody on set. And Sam was the first person to come greet me on set. And he was so nice to me. And I was like, this guy is a really, really good guy. And we've been living together for the last five years and he's in the other room right now. So, you know, there's just certain experiences where you just meet people in these settings and you click like us, Cam, like us. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite person to hang out with on set. Don't tell anyone else. (laughs) Well, now that we're alone (laughs) with heart and your listeners, you can say that I was your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Did everyone, did did they catch that? Yeah. Mike, pick it up. (laughs) Um, so tell us about this year because this was your big year. Yeah. It's year to date. Yes. What was that shift? What happened? Walk us through the process. Obviously the movie that we filmed together was 
I mean, that was my biggest credit to date. That was the most the fun thing <laughs> I've ever done. I had so much fun with you. And then after that, you kept it going. So just, just tell us about that whole process. Yeah. Um, I was with Cam uh, in his trailer when I booked Legacies, I think, um, which is a CW show. Uh, and I was... And he had predicted, he was just, he was just not surprised and was like, I told you. And I was like, well, I, I guess you're a fortune teller. Um, but yeah, after legacies, I, um, I, I just, I, I first want to say that I learned so much on that movie set with Cam and Georgia. Like that was my first big thing where I was actually, um, part of the story and not just saying like, here's your water or whatever. Um, so I was, I had no idea how to act and what the etiquette was of set and who does what behind the camera and who's my, who, who do I ask for, for this? And who do I want to not bother? And so I was learning a lot from Cam and Georgia, um, who was another actor on the set. Um, and they were so professional and they were so good at their jobs that I was just soaking it all in. Like Cam always improvised into a scene. Um, he would, and, and I was like, wow, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to take that and use it. Um, and then Georgia, the way she just kind of commanded and was like, I need this. Um, I can't really hit my mark here because it's hard. So can you change it? I'm like, whoa, she's like owning herself. I need to learn. So I first want to give a shout out to Cam because I learned so much from him and just how to be a gracious person on set. Um, so then I went to Legacies and um, that was a really fun experience. I was playing a teenage witch and she was a big old bitch. And um, it was really fun to be that person because um, I'm very non-confrontational in my life. So taking it all out um, through that character was great. Um, and then while I was shooting that, I got the audition for Kung Fu. And um, I did a self-tape for it. Uh, literally did each scene once and I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> like send this in because I don't have time for this. And then a week later I get a call from my agent and she's like, they want to test you for this. And I was like, excuse me, I've never tested for like anything this big. Um, and the scheduling didn't work out where I didn't get to go back because I was shooting in Atlanta and I was like, well, there it goes. It's fine. Um, there will be another one if, if it's not this one. But then they ended up pushing the testing by a week. And that was happened to be a week where I had four days off from Legacy. So they sent me back to LA. Um, and then I tested uh, probably three days in a row. I did um, a working sesh. No, I did, a, yes, a working sesh, then a network um, test, then a um studio test and then they brought me back in and I was the only one they brought back in and they drilled me for two and a half hours on these three scenes and I was like if it's not me please just tell me now because I'm exhausted um because you guys are like it felt like I was being strung along um and then I I got the call that day after um after a, a, a nearly three hours of working with the casting director and one of the executive producers, I was like, holy shit, what, <laughs> what, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it, and, and then we got picked up. Uh, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel real to me because we haven't really been able to do anything. Like we were in Vancouver, we shot four days 
And then on our third day, we heard Riverdale shut down and we were like, oh shit, uh, are we next? <laughs> and we were, we, we shut down the day after Riverdale shut down and on my flight back home, it was like all industry people, like the writer of Nancy Drew was sitting next to me and she was like, were you up here for work? And I was like, yeah, you, <laughs> she was like, we're going back down. Um, it's so crazy. We all thought it was going to be like a two week hold and uh eight months later <laughs> we're <laughs> it's really it's like groundhog day like every day just feels crazy. the exact same and it's just blown by it really has yeah it's like yeah. you just got in this and then i hear eight months and it's like whoa but then also it sometimes it feels like we've been in this for years now it just seems wild yeah Such a weird thing time no concept of it don't know what day it is no like i just everything is is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to be up there again and I guess I'm shooting a show. It's exciting. <laughs> Congrats. You're the lead of a show. Let's, let's be honest <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> uh, that's so weird. That's so weird to me. Cause it, it, it really felt like last week that I was just like going into every audition room, just hoping that it would be the one. Um, but yeah, I, we had an interview or on set one day and she was like, so what drew you to the role of Nikki? And the real answer is, uh, money. <laughs> um, I need to pay my rent. <laughs> like, I don't know for, for Asians, there aren't a lot of roles. And so we don't necessarily have the luxury to think of things as like being drawn to them. It's like, whatever we can get, we'll take it. Um, but I mean, obviously now that I get to be her, it's really exciting to be an Asian American mid twenties girl who, um, grew up in San Francisco, Chinatown and like has a tiger mom and is trying to find herself and trying to figure out who she is and what she wants to do and how she wants to impact the world. And I, I'm excited that, um, this kind of feels like a very historic show. And like, I, I don't think the CW has ever had an all Asian cast show. Um, and not only all Asian of the main cast, but we're set in Chinatown. Like our, our background actors and our um, guest actors are all going to probably be Asian as well. And I'm just so excited that this is going to be a show that is hopefully a launch pad for other Asian actors who need to get their big break too. So yeah, I'm excited. That's what I'm mostly excited about. How are you at karate and fighting? Are you good? Cam, we did a wonderful fight scene together in our, um, in our movie. That was my very first fight scene. Uh, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I do not know any martial arts. Um, when I started acting, everyone was like, oh, are you going to learn martial arts? And I was like, why would you say that to me? Are you asking anybody else who isn't Asian if they're going to put martial arts on their resume? And so to like fight the system, I was like, I'm not fucking learning any martial arts until someone pays me to learn martial arts. And, um, here we are now, uh, <laughs> I'm on a show called Kung Fu. 
I literally have to do it now. <laughs> oh, I can't find it. I got. I had my black belt in here. <gasps> you have a black belt? Yeah, I got a black belt in Taekwondo. Oh my gosh. But I have I a black belt too. I can't find it, Cam. You're a bla- no, you're not. I thought you were like a yellow belt. No, 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 no. Cam oh. has like a black belt on. <laughs> no. A black leather belt with a gold <laughs> buckle. I don't black know belt, where this is. Karate. Wow. So mm-hmm. you two can teach me. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hart, and, or Hart, when you go up to Vancouver, you can, um, uh, from afar, be, or you could be my stunt double. Okay. <laughs> Great. And I'll be your, your body double. Oh, perfect. And I'll be Evan, right? Uh, Shh. Yeah. Yeah. Cam, yeah. Shh. Yeah. The secret. <laughs> kidding. Um, no, Cam, Cam will come in as, as season, season five of love interest, final love interest. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. by season six, he'll be producing the whole show. Yeah. Because he, I've never, honestly, Cam is like Please, crazy hardworking. Uh, uh, this is, no, let's just talk about Cam for a second. It really it's is. like every time I talk to him, he has something else that he's working on and like, being good at and succeeding at. And so it, that inspires me. He's, you could like kind of sit back if you wanted to, but you're like working your ass off and you want to do it on your own and your own way. And I think that's badass. I really, yeah. It's just like, Oh, I'm just producing 15 things and started a podcast. And also my YouTube channel is garnering billions of views a day. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) okay anyways we heart and i like i I appreciate all the kind words it's hard for me to take compliments because i hate it but i really appreciate it so thank you um you're welcome and i do a segment on the show where we talk about your worst audition so i think that's a great way to wrap this up because i would love to know that i'm sure heart would also love to know that yes i would (laughs) i mean (laughs) so many bad ones especially before I was in class and just had no idea what I was doing. The one that stands out to me the most was my very first audition for Legacies for a different character. Um, And it was kind of my first real theatrical audition with reps. And I I, I just was putting so much pressure on myself. Um, And I walk in and I fully forget every single word that's on the paper. So I'm making up the words as they go. I'm seeing the casting director want this to end. And you know when you can feel your face turning red and and just heat on every part of your body? That was happening to me. And I just, I couldn't stop myself. I, and I didn't have the, 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 the awareness to be like, I'm sorry, can we stop and start over? I just like was trying to power through this. And it was a painful audition that should have only honestly lasted for a minute and a half because it was a short scene. And I was in there for five minutes trying to power through. And I was like, bless this casting director who's not stopping me and just being like, just please leave. <laughs> and so I, I walked out of that room and I was like, I'm going to erase that from my memory because that was horrible. I'm never seeing those people again because they're, they're going to be like, please don't, please don't ever send her again. We, we, we've seen enough. Um, and then lo and behold, 
a year and a half later, I'm, I'm in that room and I'm, I'm in the waiting room and I'm like, why does this place look familiar? And then it occurred to me that this was where I had the worst audition I've ever had in my life. I was like, okay, perfect. Well, I know I'm better than I was when I did that. So I think things are going to be fine this time around. And, um, and then we got it. We became Alyssa Chang, but there's, there's truly nothing worse than like having an out of body experience of watching yourself bomb and having no way of stopping it. You're just like, I don't know why I'm still talking, but I'm going and I'm sorry. Yeah. I think good lesson that we can all take is when that happens to me next, I'm just going to start walking out as I'm talking, (laughs) walk right out of the room. Yeah, just be like. Thank you so uh, much for your time. I'm, that was terrible. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Just in the oh. Of it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, that was that was it. You are inspirational. No, you. You're great. And you, both of you, all of us. Look at us. <laughs> What's Who'd that thought? thing on Hot Ones? Yeah. Like, Look at us. Look at Who'd us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah. Not me. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Uh, Really not that that clip is actually the definition of my life right That's now. Amazing. I'm like, I, I love that. Clip. Who would have thought? Not me. My mom still doesn't think it's fine. <laughs> I hope you have the best shoot ever, and we Thank can't you. wait. Art, she already committed for another episode, so remember that. Yep, next week. <laughs> right, well, we love you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. What a blast! Um, congratulations on the podcast. You guys rock and. I love what you're doing. Yay. Thank you so much. Yay.